Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today. When God heard the cries of his people in Egypt under the harsh rule and oppression of their master, he sent Moses to bring them a message of hope and of comfort. He had a plan not just to bring them out of their suffering, but to draw them closer to himself. He told Moses to tell the people that he would rescue them and redeem them with an outstretched arm. He said, I will take you to be my people and I will be your God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from under your burdens. Exodus 6, 7. Hey, we're Aaron and Jennifer Smith, your hosts of the Marriage After God podcast. Hi. And this week's episode is brought to you by, of course, our faithful patron team. These are men and women around the country who have been blessed by our free daily prayer emails and this podcast and have chosen to pay it forward. Here are a few shout outs to some listeners who have recently joined our patron team. Amber R., Chris Kirsten M., Solarange D., Trina R., and Bethany Z. Thank you, guys. Yeah, you guys are awesome. We've been hosting this podcast since 2018, and we've been sending our daily prayer emails since 2015. Praise God that our listeners and su- subscribers grow every year, but naturally, with that, so does the cost. So we decided to invite our listeners to partner with us to help cover the expense to provide these resources for free. If you're interested in supporting this podcast and our daily prayer emails, please visit marriageaftergod.com forward slash forward slash patron. Also, if you haven't already, we would love to invite you to get our free daily prayer email. All you got to do is visit marriageprayerchallenge.com and sign up for free today. So this morning I woke up Mm -hmm. with a very stiff and painful neck, shoulder area. Our printer just (laughs) activated. (laughs) That's so weird. Okay. So you woke up with a stiff shoulder. Why, why is your shoulder so stiff? Well, probably just age, right? Um, no, we were, yeah, this is what happens when you get late thirties. You just, everything hurts when you wake up. You start walking weird. What's wrong with me? Uh, no, we, there it goes. Our printer is not, what is, is there a way to turn it off? Hold on. Yeah. Push that button. There Let's you see. go. See if it doesn't happen again. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> Stop interrupting me. <laughs> you know what's funny is sometimes the, um, in the middle of the night, the paper shredder will just go burr. I always have that off on the back. I, I don't know. It just randomly goes off sometimes. Crazy. <laughs> Our Anyways. And, and shredder is alive. <laughs> okay. Um, we moved into our house last summer. And so now we're working towards the goal of landscape. So Aaron got 
tons and tons of rock delivered and I get really impatient. I don't want to wait for the little thing that you rented them to move the rock. Yeah. I'm, I, well, I, <laughs> I, I shoveled a few wheelbarrows full, moved it around. And then I'm like, I'm going to get a little mini walk by and skid steer to move big amounts of this, which is this coming weekend. But I got really impatient and with the, I was out there with the kids. It's not impatient. You, you get excited about <laughs> landscape stuff and you're not afraid to go out there and, and do the thing. So I did the thing and then I wake up the next morning and regret doing the thing. <laughs> Shoveling. You probably should have just stretched a little bit before. <laughs> it's a lot of rock and you, sh- you you moved a lot of it around. So that's pretty awesome. It looks really good. You're probably just a little sore. You'll, you'll get better. I don't know. I think I just pulled a muscle. <laughs> Happens yeah. to us, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Anything going on with you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have sore shoulders from shoveling, uh, but I am sore from jujitsu, ju- which we're yeah, still you, doing. You've been going a lot because you're going to be in a competition. My first competition coming up in a couple of weeks. Are you nervous? Um, I try not to think about it too much. <laughs> Although I have a hard time getting to sleep some nights because I'm, all I'm doing is thinking about You're it. Like, oh no, I signed up. And I'm like visualizing how it's going to be and what's going to happen and we'll see. Just go and have fun. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to mention, I was just thinking about how we do the growth spurt sections at the end of each podcast. Mm. And one of the first ones that we did for the whole month, we were, we worked on um, we set a goal for ourselves and committed to doing what we said we were going to do. And yeah. mine was affirming the kids. And I just realized that I've been doing it a lot still lately. And this is going on like three or four months. So I, I think it's cool that some of these things that we're working on stick, stick around. I should get one of those, um, little boxes where I can push a button and like claps start happening. And cheers. <laughs> like, yeah, that was so insincere. <laughs> no, no. Because then it would be like more dynamic okay. and a show and it would show like appreciation right then and there. Cause the audience is probably copying for you, but you can't hear them. <laughs> I got to do it for you. No, yeah. you have, you have been really affirming to the kids That's and I, cool. and I've been trying to keep be more affirming to the, affirming to the kids also. That's a hard word to say. I, I think it's cool. And I hope that people who are listening to the podcast who are uh, participating in that part of it, you know, whether it's reading the book, which was last month or, um, doing what they said they were going to commit to all intimacy the with their spouse. Yeah. There was, um, there's uh, a fun one this one, this month, which we'll get to at the end of the podcast. But if some of these things are sticking, I just think that would be really cool. Well, and if you're wondering what we're talking about at the end of each episode this year, we've been doing a challenge for the month and yeah. we repeat that challenge every episode during that month. So if you haven't, you should go back to some of the episodes in January, February, March, and Oh, now April. Gosh, we're in May. <laughs> oh, man. And l- listen to those challenges and uh, yeah, try them out. So we talked about intimacy with our spouse back in, I think, February. Um, but we thought it would be cool today to encourage you guys listening. And about, us. This and is an us. encouragement for us, too. Totally. Yeah. Um, how to build an intimate relationship with God. Yeah. It, it, it could seem very similar because we... What we the only thing we have to like relate to in in this life is other humans, mm-hmm. and so it could be easy to like equate everything to that with God. But so even though it's similar in you know growing an intimate relationship with God as it would be to your spouse, um, it's also very different. And so we thought we'd talk about um, those things that we can do as believers to grow in our relationship with the Lord, to grow in intimacy and closeness with Him. Um, but they also have very close correlations to your, how you relate to your spouse, how you grow in intimacy with your spouse. So, yeah, I think this is going to be a cool episode because I figured everyone's probably in a different place or season with their journey, you know, relationship Mm -hmm. with God. I think for some people they'll be like, well, I do feel like I'm pretty intimate with God. I think for those people they'll, they'll get inspired and just be affirmed that their relationship with him is strong. 
Mm -hmm. right? And just feel encouraged in the way that they're already going. And then for other people, you may be listening today and realize, oh, it's been a while since I spent time with him or, or I can, I can increase my way of participating in in the relationship with God. Mm -hmm. So maybe you'll get, walk away with, you know, a handful of ideas and ways of being that maybe you haven't been. So I think there's a little bit for, I think, a little bit for everyone. (laughs) Yes. I don't know why that was catching me. Um, I think that there's a little bit for everyone in this episode today. Yeah. I, the, going back to that idea that I was getting about, um, similarities in our relationship with each other. There's mm-hmm. a verse um, that I think about that Jesus tells to doubting Thomas after he's resurrected. Cause mm-hmm. remember Thomas is like, unless I see his hands, unless I put my f- yeah. hand, finger in his hands, I'm not going to believe it. And John, in John 20, 29, Jesus says, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet have believed. It's this idea that it's so much easier to be intimate, close, believe, trust in something you can see and touch mm-hmm. like your spouse. Um, but it is, it is on another level to do that same thing with a God who is invisible, who mm-hmm. we don't see him physically. We may see him working. We may see the, the fruit, you know, his right. fruit in our lives and his spirit moving and, but we don't see him. So, uh, but God has definitely given us ways to, to be intimate with him, to grow close to him and for a reason. And I think the more we make those attempts and, and draw closer to him, we actually experience not, you know, God tangibly, like we're not putting our fingers mm-hmm. through those holes, but, but we do experience him in a way that is so much more that it's reaffirming and, and encouraging to us in our faith. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I loved some, some of these notes you put in here about what, why would we believe this? Why, why does, why can we say that God wants an intimate relationship with us? Yeah. Like what like, is evidence something we're is making there? up? Yeah. I don't think so. I think there's biblically over and over and over again, where we learn about a God who wants to be with us. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so uh, who is God, his character, the examples that we see in his word of him pursuing yeah, yeah. W- relationship with us, mm-hmm. not just this distant far off God. Like you hear about other like mythical gods that like they're, you know, wrath and judgment only. And they're always distant and don't know anything about us in our affairs, but we have a, a God who knows us intimately and, and says things like the hairs on our head are numbered. Yeah. He, and, he kn- <laughs> yeah. and he knew us before we were born and he knit us mm-hmm. together in our mother's womb. And these are all very intimate things. Mm-hmm. Um, very close things. Uh, Genesis five twenty four. speaking about this idea of God, we see uh, often God walking with his people, walking with his creation. Genesis five twenty four says Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. <laughs> and then we have Jesus in the garden walking with Adam and Eve mm-hmm. in the cool of the day, calling out to them after they've sinned. But they, he did this also before and he, he was with them in the garden. I also think of like, it's not like, I, I wouldn't, I don't know if you would say this is a positive one, but when he rolled with Jacob and put his hip out, like I was thinking <laughs> this, did, like he did jujitsu with Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> they were like wrestling. That was intimate. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> he, was, he was there with Jacob mm-hmm. rolling with him, wrestling with him. Um, and then, walking by Moses, like mm-hmm. showing himself to speaking Moses, to speaking to him. Zephaniah three seventeen, the Lord, your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. Like there's th- this intention. That's a, yeah. that's it sounds like a human father loving on their son, mm-hmm. their child. 
And then uh, Revelation 3.21, you read that one. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Yeah, I, I love that one because it's so much more than just, I mean, he, he's mm-hmm. welcoming. He's he, he wants to sit and eat. Like, <laughs> Well, and often you, when we when we religiously think about a relationship with God, we can think very structured and mechanical and formulaic and like, mm-hmm. oh, I do this and God does this or God is this and I must be this. But it's much more human than that. Like if you think about relationships in general, he, God invented them. Yeah. It was his idea, or whether it was his idea or not, it is him. He, he's been in a relationship intimately with the Trinity forever, for all of eternity. So we get these examples in our own lives and humanity and our relationships of what this looks like. And I also love that he, he, he talks about food hot when it comes to his relationship with us, um, dining with us. Jesus ate with his disciples. Um, we're, to, we're commanded to do communion, to, to remember him. We're like, looking forward to a marriage feast. <laughs> food is a very relational thing, and it's an intimate thing. You eat with someone, you're having an intimate engagement with that person. Mm. You're having a conversation, you're looking in their eyes, you're talking with them, you're sharing a meal, you're enjoying it's food. Experience. It's going into your body. It's so all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I love that God uses all these things. And to further the idea of this reasoning, like why would God, why, why does God want this relationship? How, how, how important is it to God? Well, this is the, one of the main reasons Christ was sent was to reconcile mankind to the father, to make right our relationship with our creator because sin caused a chasm between us. We can no longer be in his presence. We can no longer walk with him. We can know we cannot be with him. Mm right? Because he cannot be in the presence of sin and wickedness. Christ dealt with that. He, he reconciled that, fixed that, made a way for us to be with God. As the angel told Mary uh, before Jesus was born, you will have a child and his name will be Emmanuel, which is God with us. This is God's intention, his heart, his desire is to be with us. And he gave himself like, that's a really precious treasure. That's, that's valuable that the cost of what he gave shows his love, his intention and his desire for us to be reconciled. Mm -hmm. It's, it's huge. So uh, we all know this. We, we know it intrinsically. We also know it scripturally that God wants a relationship with us and he desires a relationship with us. Does he need a relationship with us? I don't think so. He's God. He's infinite. He's perfect, but he wants and desires a relationship with us. Well, there's a lot of scripture that talks about how we can please him. Mm -hmm. And so I think that too, when you're talking about like relational things, he may not need us, but it's cool to know that things that we do please. please. Yeah. Yeah. That is really cool. Actually. I didn't think about that. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was working on these notes, I, I, I tend to, I don't know if this will freak anyone out, but I think it's because I probably have some ADD in me. I have to like listen to music to focus. You should have said something like eat paper. That would have, that would have freaked him out. I was eating paper. No, <laughs> um, that's really funny. <laughs> no, I, I have headphones in and I listen to um, music. That's not weird. I do this when I'm studying for church too, when I'm st- preparing a message and I've just talked to people before and they're like, how do you focus oh, while you're listening to music you. and you're writing and reading. And I don't know, it just drowns out everything, everything out. And I'm, I could focus. It gets me like on track, but I was listening to a song and I got stopped because I, I, you put a new station on Pandora. Um, what's that band? There's oh, new, Go Ship. Go Ship. And I was on that station. I've never heard of them. And 
one of these, this song came up and I was listening to it. And I was like, man, this is like, is this by them? No, this is oh. by, um, Oh, citizens and saints, citizens and saints, same category of music. I think anyways, I wanted to share some of the lyrics from it because it kind of fit in this, to this topic of just intimacy with God. What's the name of the song? Oh man, I should have put that. Um, Oh, you ha- I did put it. You Have Searched Me is the name of the song by Citizens and Saints. You should go look it up. It's based on Psalm 139, verse 23. Um, and I just wanted to share some lyrics. It says, I could climb up into the sky. Yeah, you have to sing it. I can't. I don't even remember how the tune goes. <laughs> or I dive down deep where darkest evil lies. I'll never find a place to flee. Your presence is always where I am. You never leave my side. Even when I fight to get my way, you patiently disarm my defense with your grace. Your kindness leads me to repentance. Your grace assures me to trust in you. Faithful Savior, you restore me. My life is yours. I belong to you. Search my heart and examine my thoughts. Shine your light. I can't hide in the darkness. Give me faith to respond when you call. Hmm. Like it, it, he, most of this is just, he's pulling scriptures and writing a song out of it. And it's just about this how close God wants to be with us and how he wants to draw us in. That's awesome. Yeah. I haven't heard that song. It's really good. I actually thought about playing a clip in the episode, <laughs> which we could add later if we're going to do that. Um, so there's some ways that we can be intimate with the Lord. And one of them you would think we would just say is prayer. Cause we, 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 That's put, obvious. we always, <laughs> always put prayer in, in these lists. But when I was writing this, I just realized prayers is too broad mm. in the sense of what we're, what I wanted to get at with this. So we got to break it down for him. So some <laughs> of these, yeah, like about three or four of these kinds of could fall into this prayer category it of communicating it. with God. Got it. Um, and the reason I wanted to break it down is because I was thinking about communication with you. Yeah. There's so many different kinds. <laughs> right? Yeah. There's there's communication of just complaining. Mm-hmm. I can complain to you. There's communication of of appreciation. Appreciation. There's communication of just us friendly chatting about something. Yeah. There's there's confession. There's all sorts of things that I can communicate to you and they all do different things mm-hmm. in our relationship. Um and some of them can deter from intimacy. Some of them can Attracted. So depends on how you communicate. How you communicate, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to go into the facets of how okay, we communicate. Okay. I want to talk about what we communicate. So, what so, what, you... so what we're going to share with you guys right now are ways that you can build an intimate relationship with God. And so we'll kind of share the the way and then go into it a little bit. Yeah. Right? And since a lot of these kind of have to do with prayer, um, it, this is a big reason why we wrote all of our prayer books that we've written True. is because... Often we, we've had this struggle and I know other people have, I've heard this comment a lot when they, people go through our prayer books. Wow. There's so many things that I didn't know I should be praying for. There's so many things I didn't know I could pray for. And so there's this eye opening, this kind of heart opening of like, wow, there's a lot I could be sharing with God Mm -hmm. that I didn't even realize. Since you brought it up for anyone who's new here or doesn't know what you're talking about, why don't you just share a little bit about the prayer books and where they can get them? So uh, yeah, on shop.marriageaftergod.com or Amazon, wherever you'd like to get them. Uh, We have books. We have 31 prayers for my husband, 31 prayers for my wife. We have 31 prayers for my future husband and future wife. We also have um, 31 prayers for my son and my daughter. 
And so we have lots of books that we've written. We have a new book coming out in October, 365 prayers for my marriage called the, it's called the marriage gift. And that, that that's released in October, but we wrote these books not to replace our prayer life. We wrote them to be an inspiration to our prayer yeah, life. A catalyst. To a catalyst. Keep yeah. Keep doing it. Yeah. Um, so I'm, we're bringing all that up because some of the things that we're sharing now, it just break down this idea of like, Hey, here's the kinds of categories, the things that we can be opening up and talking to God about. Um, and the reason this is important, I just saw a comment the other day about not talking to God because God knows everything already. And it's like, well, that's true. God, he is all knowing he's omniscient. Mm -hmm. He's all knowing. Right. But God asks us, calls us, commands us to pray to him because he wants to know us. He wants us to make ourselves known. I was going to say, there's something really special about making ourselves known. And it's like, you like you can think to yourself like, well, God already knows that I'm struggling with this thing. But when you get it out of your own head and heart and share it with him, like you know that you offered mm-hmm. that up to him. And there's something really powerful and well, it's awesome re- about it's relational. Sharing. Yeah. Th- think about our our children. We could be this we're the quote unquote omniscient. We see them doing something. Yeah. They don't know we're watching them, but we see it. Mm-hmm. They fall off the bike and they get hurt. They're crying. We know they're hurt. We still say, what happened? Well, either we say what happened or what's even more awesome is when they get up and they come to us, mom, I'm hurt. That's a relationship. They know they can come to us. They know they can share those things Mm -hmm. and that we're going to try and fix it. We're going to try and help them at minimum, comfort them, give them direction. So it's a, I don't think it's a godly idea of this idea of like, well, God already knows, so I don't need to bring everything to him. A bi- the biblical idea that is that God wants a relationship with you and he wants yeah. us to come to him as a father mm-hmm. and share ourselves. With him. So, which goes into number one. Okay. Number one is share your fears, your hurts, your burdens with him. Yeah. This is probably easy for a lot of people because often we go to God when it's this stuff. I, I would imagine. I don't know everyone, of course, but this is, it's easy. Like I'm scared. I need help. I'm hurt. I like, need help. Like if, if it was a formula, like there's a need, there's <laughs> I a need. know where to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I would say this is probably the most obvious one, but do we actually share our actual fears with God? Like I'm afraid of being hurt by my spouse in this way. I'm afraid of my kids not coming to know you. I'm afraid of like sharing the deep fears in our hearts from childhood, the fears that have been instilled in us from experience and and things that have happened to us over the years and actually laying those before God and saying, God, these things are why I have a hard time of letting go of this and this and this. I need help. I need you to heal these fears of mine, to replace them, which goes into the hurts and the burdens, not just always the immediate things that like we need help with, which mm-hmm. we should, but actually going to him with those deepest, darkest fears and burdens and hurts. I know for me personally, just thinking about my, my relationship with him and even you, I don't like confronting my fears, even though I know they exist. I, I have a lot of anxiety that I've struggled with over my life and worry and concerns, but I almost feel like the more I distract myself or busy my day up, or even if I am reading scripture and I feel instant comfort from what I'm reading, I don't, I tend to not go too much past that because when I confront those things, it's like, I have to deal with it. I have to think Mm -hmm. about it. And I have to think about surrendering them 
and what that what that looks like. And sometimes when you don't know how to do that, it feels uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So what would you encourage, what would you say to people who are like me in that? Well, I think spiritually and psychologically, we tend to not want to let go of certain things or at least acknowledge them. Because A, if we acknowledge them, then we're acknowledging them. We're saying those things exist Mm -hmm. instead of trying to trick ourselves into saying, oh, that's there, but it's not really there. Yeah. Even though it affects everything. Everything. Um, But the other part of it is there's a control aspect of if I acknowledge it, if I give it to God, he might actually heal it. Mm. And then in healing it, I might have to forgive something or someone. I might have to forgive myself. I might have to actually let it go. That thing that I've used as a a crutch, a security for some reason. And I, but God wants something better for us than that thing. Do you think that there could be a fear in itself of, of disappointment that if you share those things with God and there is no healing or there is no, um, you know what I'm trying to say? Like what like if no, like, um, uh, resolution to resolution, the thing, that's a good word. at least immediately. And so there's this fear of like, well, I don't want to feel let down because Maybe. God didn't take care of it the way I think he should have or. Well, and that, yeah, I think the other half of that is, is fear that he takes care of it the way you don't want him to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which so again, but this think about the not doing it. Mm. You're literally, what we're saying is I don't want to get that close to you, God. Mm. I don't want you to get that close to me, God. So going to Psalm 139, 23. I love this one. Okay. This is from David. Yeah. Who God calls a man after his own heart. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and and know my thoughts. Mm. He's inviting God. He's saying, God, know me all the way through. See all of it. Like I'm not going to keep anything from you. Well, and also, but also allowing God to reveal things to you. Like David, God sent a a message to David about his own sin Mm -hmm. and David received it. That was the difference between David and King Saul. Even they were both sinners. We're all sinners. David received the rebuke. David received the conviction and repented. So I think this is one of those ways. Number two, this is another one that's probably obvious, but has a lot of depth to it. Show appreciation. Thanksgiving. And by the way, I meant to um, add some of some that personal marriage relational aspect to this. Yeah. Like on that last one, um, in our relationship, anytime you've shared fears and burdens and things that like, you're like, Hey, I've never told anyone this, but this is something that's been in my heart for a long time. Or this is a concern I have or a fear I have about myself or about my past that grows us closer because now I have an opportunity to know you better. Mm -hmm. I have an opportunity to comfort you Mm -hmm. and to speak truth to you and to remind you, maybe you thought wrong about something and be like, Hey, that's actually, that's not true. Mm -hmm. Like this is the truth. Or wow, I didn't know that. I'm so sorry. That and it, that's something that happened to you or you that you went through. And I think for, uh, especially in marriage, like being able to provide a safe place where you both feel comfortable sharing those things. And mm. there's, you know, that reciprocal receiving. Yeah. And, and that you're going to find someone who is not judgmental, but rather comforting and encouraging and mm. uplifting and helps you navigate it, mm. you know, which it should be that way for each other. Which goes right back into 
number two, yeah. which is showing appreciation or thanksgiving. Um, how much do you enjoy when I'm thankful for you? I love it. When I recognize that you've done something, I'm like, man, hey, babe, you did it. That was awesome. Thank you so much for doing that. And the more specific, the better. Like, when you... like thank you for moving all that rock the <laughs> yeah, other day. exactly. I didn't have to do that. That was so awesome. <laughs> uh, so being thankful for your spouse, being thankful to God, is an act- it's actually an antidote. It's like the cure for discontentment. It's the cure for indifference. And complaint. And complain, yeah. yeah. So being thankful to the Lord draws us near to him and keeps us near to him. Because if I'm going through life and there's something going on that I'm, I'm just not happy about, this is not fun. You're going to be consumed with that. And I'm con- and I'm discontent with it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go say, go to God and be like, hey, thanks God for this. No, but I'm like, God, thank you for being with me in this. Thank you for giving me giving me strength to walk through this. Thank you that you haven't left me even in the middle of this. Yeah. You know what that causes me to do? Be nearer to him in that. Yeah, instead of resistant or pushed away. Yeah. Yeah, because this is often this place of thanksgiving and appreciation is where many believers draw away from God. I'm not thankful right now. I'm not happy. I'm not content with my life mm-hmm. or my this whatever's going on in my life, my marriage, my my church, my job, my and we don't go to God and, and thank him for it. So we're not thankful. But thankfulness as we're told to be thankful, it's God's will that we'd be thankful in all things and for all things. Speaking of that, so Psalms 100 verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. That's a, it's a call. It's a call to us as believers. We have so much to be thankful for. Everything from God is to be thankful for, we're to be thankful for. And one specific way, which we've already mentioned um, at the beginning of this episode, is just what recognizing the cost of what God gave to us in order to have a very personal, intimate relationship with each one of us, which he can do because like you said, he is infinite and he's God. He's perfect. Um, but I think about the veil being torn. Between the Holy of Holies but, and the... Yeah, yeah, when Christ died. Um, Matthew twenty seven fifty says, And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. And I it was, was like God tearing it from the yeah. top saying, here, yeah, come. You're, you're now here, have access enter, to my holy place. Like you just read Psalm 100, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Come to me. Mm-hmm. I'm here. And it's open to you. Yeah, it's very welcome. Because of sin, we used to have to go through a priest, uh, a high priest in the temple that the Jews did in order to, to relate to God. They had to do it through someone who was sacrificing for them. Guess who we get to do it through now? Jesus himself, who is our faithful high priest. And he, he's now because of him, we have direct access to the father through him. So taking the time to go to God and just remember what Christ did for us and to have a heart of humility and gratefulness for that suffering that he, he, well, well, all the things for everything. Well, for specifically that, and also for everything that he gives us every single day, Mm -hmm. he provides and he's good to us. So he is very good. Number three, when you read that one, ask him what he wants. What's his will? Mm, so actually seeking his will, not mm, our own, right? <laughs> which is often, God, this is what I'd like to happen today. This is what I, which is but again, not will. wrong. <laughs> Jesus did that. Yeah. Jesus said, Lord, let this cup pass from me when he was talking about literally going to the cross, but not my will be done. 
your will be done. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to ask God for things and our will to be done, but what we want is his will. We want his will to be done. Acts 13, 22. And when he had removed him, he raised up David. So this is talking about Saul. God removed Saul. It says, and when he removed Saul, he raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified and said, so God said this about David, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. This is what God was looking for. Someone who would do his will. Now, Jesus ultimately was the man that did all of God's will. But David represented that idea of someone after God's heart is one who desires to do God's will, mm -hmm. not their own. And so ask, um, going into your marriage, isn't it awesome when I come to you and I say, what would you like to do today? What would <laughs> make you happy? What would bring you joy? Where would you like to go? What would you like to eat? I want to say yes, but I'm also really indecisive. And so... Sometimes we get caught yeah. up in the, I don't know, but yes. But it's a, it's a heart of looking for what you, yeah. your heart's desire is. Yeah. And it's not always that way, but the back and forth mm -hmm. of you desiring like, Hey, Aaron, what is, what, what do you want? What's your heart? This is actually makes me feel really good at the beginning of school year, usually, or just before the beginning of school, you'll come to me and say, what's your heart for our kids school mm -hmm. year? What do you want to see them grow in? What do you want to see? What, what would you like to see them excel in? Mm -hmm. And it's not that I'm going to, dictate every part of it, but you desire me to be my, part my will to be done yeah. in my children's lives. Mm -hmm. And it's, that's incredibly intimate. It means you care about me and you want me to be a part of it. And I, and you want, you want it all to be something that I approve of and love and, and enjoy. But that's what God's looking for. Just like David, I found a man after my own heart who will do my will. What so, is that? What does that look like on the daily? someone who's seeking after God's will and how does that produce intimacy? Well, us going to God and saying, Lord, what do you desire for me today? And he's going to like having that posture immediately keeps your eyes open to the opportunity. Don't you feel like that when you pray that or yeah. pray something similar that you're just looking for it? Yeah. And then when we have a hard time with one of our kids, it's like, Oh, oh here's that you want me to right now walk <laughs> well, in your spirit with my kids. Cool. Patience. You want me to be, have patience. Okay. That's, that's what, tells God, it, we come to him and we say, you know what, Lord, mm -hmm. I want what you want for me and for my family and for everyone in my life. So I would say that that definitely pleases God, knowing that we see that mm -hmm. throughout scripture, because God's looking for someone, anyone that wants to do his will. Of course, Christ was that man. But being in Christ, we now have an opportunity to be like, Lord, we want your will also. Mm -hmm. We want to walk in your will and your spirit makes it possible for us to do that. The next one is repentance. Repentance. Mm, that's um, a big word. Yeah. Doing a 180, right? Mm -hmm. and this is something that many marriages need more of. Yeah. Well, many people. Many people. <laughs> many husbands and wives who are married to you. Yeah. The, this is, this one word right here is why most marriages fail is because there's a failure to repent in the marriage. And change. And change. And that's not just... I'm sorry I did this thing. I'm sorry I got caught doing this thing. But re true repentance of like, I was not kind. I'm so sorry. I'm going to change. Yeah, I'm not God, going to walk I'm, that way. God wants me to be kind to you because yeah. that's what his spirit desires. Um, or I committed this sin and I'm sorry. And that's not what God wants for me. And that's not what God wants for us. I'm mm -hmm. going to change. I'm mm -hmm. not going to do that anymore. Yeah. 
uh, Romans 2, 4 says, Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? Mm -hmm. Understanding God's patience and his, his, the time he's taking to, to finish everything, like we read in Revelation, (laughs) we presume on it. Like, oh, you know, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. He's never going to return. He's never going to change anything. But this is what what he's saying in Romans. Paul's saying, he's like, no, no, no. He's like, it's his riches and his kindness and his forbearance and his patience that we should be thanking him for. Because it's those things that's meant to lead us to repentance. Mm -hmm. That time and that patience with us. Yeah, not using it as as a like in the midst of sin to say, oh, well, he's going to forgive me or there's grace to cover Which what I'm is. about to do. Like you're thinking about it. That's because God's speaking to you and reminding you of what he's already said. Yeah. And c- coming to your spouse and repenting to them is first acknowledging your sin. It's, it's respecting and loving your spouse so much that you desire to confess that sin to them because often our sin, I mean, they're, they're one with you. So your sin is against them also. So it's, and it's, it's offering the opportunity for true reconciliation, humility, healing, as the Bible tells us, confessing our sins to one another that we may be healed in James. This is what repentance does. It, it only, it, it builds, it builds intimacy. If we're truly repentant. Yeah. I think the aspect to this that really, um, cultivates intimacy in your relationship with God is that you have to do it in humility. Yeah. You, you humble yourself and you go to the one who rescues you and redeems you from the destruction of sin. Yeah. And you well, say, I would argue it's not, it's not repentance at all. If it's not, if it's not humble. Yeah. You're, if you're, if there's any sort but of, there is there. a, there's like you said earlier, like there's a difference between saying, Oh, I'm sorry for X, Y, Z and repenting and saying, I'm, I, I'm sorry, and I'm not going to do that. I'm changing, you know, because of who I am in Christ, and because of what God has done for me, and, yeah. and recognizing why we repent. Mm-hmm. So repentance. Then, go sorry, ahead. Go, no, you go ahead. No, I was just going to say repentance is a, is a is a big part of this intimate relationship because without repentance, we keep a chasm between our spouse. We keep a chasm between us and and God. Mm-hmm. When Christ came to reconcile us to the Father repentance is a gift. Mm-hmm. Like we can actually say, Oh Lord, like, thank you for forgiving me in Christ. I desire to change. Help me change. Yeah. And that helped me change. That's what I was kind of going to, um, talk about for a minute is it's not just an apology. Repentance is so much more because you're committing to walking a certain way, a righteous way that in that you need to rely on God every single day for. And mm-hmm. so that intimate bond, that connection you have with God continues to grow because you know you have to rely on him in order to keep your word. <laughs> exactly. Right? Which is an intimate relationship. Yeah. Awesome. We have a few more. Yeah, moving right along. Number five. Uh, this is a, a hard one at times. Be faithful. And, and I, show up. <laughs> yeah, which is a part of faithfulness. Like be, be present. Proverbs 20, verse 6. Many a man proclaims his own steadfast love but a faithful man who can find acts eleven twenty three says when he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with a steadfast purpose. The writer was reaching out to this church and calling them out and saying, remain faithful to the Lord, have a steadfast purpose. This faithfulness, what I want to bring up is, is remembering how 
good God is, and that our love and devotion is based on his faithfulness, not ours. So remaining faithful means recognizing how good God is and trusting in his faithfulness mm-hmm. and saying, oh, I want that. So in Second Second Timothy 2.13, it says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself, which is an encouragement to us because like I said, it's, it's hard for us as humans to be faithful people. We are constantly faithful or faithless. <laughs> we run out of faith. We, we, we abandon often our morals. We, we sin still like that. We have all these things that because we're in our flesh, which is why we just talked about repentance. But what's awesome is trusting in the one who is faithful is remaining faithful. So to say, well, my belief and my faith is in Christ. He is faithful, even though I'm not, Mm -hmm. even though I have a hard time being faithful to God, which goes back to the whole episode we're talking about is like this idea of growing in our intimacy with the Lord, because we do go through seasons of like, man, I haven't been as faithful as I used to be. I haven't been pursuing him. I haven't been in his word. I haven't been praying. I haven't been having an actual deep, close relationship. We all, it all happens to all of us, but remaining faithful. My last note on this is don't stop believing yeah, I was going to say, um, in thinking about the word faith and faithfulness, if you um, not trade out the word, but think about it in terms of belief or unbelief, mm-hmm. when you go to God in prayer and you believe him for something, for healing or for an uh, answer to a or question, or he hears you. <laughs> yeah, believes that he hears you and that you're actually talking to God, um, that's really powerful. And that will cultivate an intimate relationship with him where your unbelief will keep you from even taking that first step of praying. Yeah. Unbelief will cause doubt and frustration and an apathy towards God that makes you avoid him, mm-hmm. avoid his word, avoid church, avoid fellowship. Right? We, we did a, an episode last year on belief and I just want to encourage you to go back and listen to that whole episode on the power of belief and why it's so important And just to recap for a second, belief is how we're saved. We're not saved by works. We're saved by believing in Jesus. That's it. And then Jesus gives us his Holy Spirit, which then helps us to walk with him. So when we say be faithful, what we're really saying is, is don't stop believing. Don't stop believing in the one who saves. Don't stop believing in the one who is resurrected. Don't stop believing in the one who took on the sin of the whole world. That's how we remain faithful faithful. And that's how we remain intimate with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Because no matter how far we feel we've gone, if we continue to believe, we will, his Holy Spirit will convict us and Mm -hmm. speak to us and draw us and say, Hey, why are you going that way? I'm over here. (laughs) Yeah. I love the picture of marriage and how the covenant of marriage uh, resembles our relationship to God and how like you and I are faithful to each other. And we have these commitments that we've made and um, we walk every day within those bound within the boundary of our covenant. Right. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, there's a season where, um, we're not feeling so in love or we're feeling, you know, frustrated at each other or whatever, we still show up. We're still faithful to one another because of our commitment and our mm-hmm. covenant and, and our belief in what we've s- yeah. started yeah. and we're walking in. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I was just going to use that because I know there's a lot of marriages who, where, you know, f- our feelings 
um, can, can get in the way sometimes. And the same with our relationship with God. Like sometimes we don't feel so close to God. Sometimes we don't feel like, um, or, or we struggle in that place of belief and doubt. And it's, it can be really frustrating, but if we stick to the commitment and we're faithful, then our feelings will follow. Yeah. Over time. That? Yeah. Number six, trust him, trust him. This is a, a huge one. Uh, we often, we, we it's, it could be easy to say like, of course I trust God, but do we really, we go back to number one of this episode about sharing your fears and hurts and burdens. Like, do we really trust God? Do we trust him with everything? Psalm 37, five, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and he will act. So, we must know what his word says in order to know him, right? Mm-hmm. And to trust him. So this is an encouragement to take time to read his word. Know what he has said. Teaches us to know him. But then trusting him. There's so many times I've, I've in my own life, there was scripture that I would read. And I just didn't trust it. I was like, yeah, you know, that might, that, maybe that's true for others. But not for me because of whatever evidence in my life didn't line up with what it said, which was false because what I'm believing is the one that was the lie and the word was true and trustworthy. He is trustworthy. His word is trustworthy. So just like in our marriage, the more we can trust each other, the more we're able to be intimate with each other, the more we're able to be close to each other that I could trust you Mm -hmm. to share embarrassing things, share hard things, share conversations I had, share temptations I'm going through, share whatever it is, mm-hmm. which draws us closer together, makes you trust me more because I'm sharing those things. And then being able to just trust each other is a intimate act itself. Mm-hmm. When you keep using the word trust each other, especially in marriage, I tend to have questions pop in my head like how? I'm sure other people are, yeah, but how? Like how do you get to a point of trusting each other to do all those things that you just said, which is really good and makes a marriage healthy. How do you get to that point? And I think it's through experience. I think it's through time and time again, you saying something, doing something that shows your love and your respect. Yeah. So essentially the the fruit of our love, the fruit of our trustworthiness being shown. So it's like some of the things we just talked about when I'm repentant, Mm -hmm. you're like, Oh, I know my husband's going to come to me. When he yeah, I can trust makes that. a mistake, exactly. I can trust him because he's not hiding things from me. Yeah. Or when you come to me like, Hey, I had a hard time today because of this. Like mm-hmm. those t- sorts of things make us more trustworthy. Or, Actually, or I tell through- you, or I tell you something really, uh, a sensitive topic or something that's, you know, deep in my heart and mm-hmm. you don't go and tell everybody. So yeah. that's building trust. That's showing me that I can give you my word and mm-hmm. you're not going to go misuse it. And the most trustworthy person is God himself. Well, and I was going to relate that, like our experience in marriage to how do you form trust with God? Well, the more experience you have with him, the more trust is built over time. And what I've, what I've come to experience with him is like when he gives us opportunities to do ministry together or Mm -hmm. even just the day to day, like, um, you know, in a conversation with a friend or with my children or you, every opportunity that he leads me through helps me trust in him. When mm-hmm. I say yes to him and I follow through with something or when something happens to me and I go to him in need of comfort or mm-hmm. an answer or wisdom or whatever it is and he provides that, I can trust him and I go back to him the next time. Yeah. So experience over time really helps. Yeah, Romans eleven thirty three. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. 
how unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. Just talking about how he is so full of riches and wisdom and knowledge and he, we can continue to search him out and search him out and search him out. And we know that his ways are good and perfect and just so we can trust him. All right. Last one. Uh, number seven, worship and praise, <laughs> worship and praise. Worship yeah, and this, praise. Is this is a, a fun one. This is a fun one. And making worship a lifestyle, making it a part of our lifestyle, going back to that Thanksgiving, that's a part of worship is mm-hmm. having a lifestyle of like, Oh, praise God. Yeah. Like we say this a lot with our kids. Like after our kids have been sick, Oh dad, I'm feeling better. I'm like, Oh, praise God. Yeah. Like you're feeling better. God's help, help helped you feel better. Like that's a, a form of worship of, of praising him and, and acknowledging, him. acknowledging yeah. him. And, um, so music plays a huge part of this music. Of course, I, I said worship and praise because they're, sometimes synonymous, but not all, all the time in the Bible, but music, praise, praising God with our, with music and song and instrument. And, and we do it on Sunday mornings regularly. We make sure we, we worship together and praise together. I'd like to add that there's other creative avenues to express worship and, and your praise to God, because there's a lot of people out there who love music, but can't do it. Like me, but (laughs) Some are more poetic. Some like art. Hmm. Um, so it really, it's using your talents and what he's giving you to honor him. Yeah, to make make melody with whatever you have, if it's pencils and paint or music. Uh, but more than music. Melody has to do with music. I know, Mel, but it's I'm being poetic with it. Oh, I'm, so <laughs> I'm being confused. poetic with it. I'm like, no, you don't get it. Let me explain it again. No, I'm being poetic with <laughs> the it, terms you were using. That's great. I'm making worship right now. <laughs> okay. um, but more than just music and art and these these um, external ways of of praising God, when I cut when I come to the word worship, uh, and everyone that's listening, you guys should go do a study on the idea of worship. When you ever you see someone that says they worshipped God, there's something that specifically happens. Um, it's more of a surrender to him. It's submitting yourself before him. Listen to what it says in Job one verse 20. It says, then Job arose. And this is after all these horrible things happened to him and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshiped. So he, so Job, his act of worship wasn't singing. It wasn't raising his hands and praising God. It was falling on the ground on his face. It was tearing his clothes. It was, it was, it was him rending his heart before God. And so worship, it's a, it's a heart posture. It's of laying your life down before God and recognizing that you are lowly and in need. Mm -hmm. So having a lifestyle of worship is essentially it's, it's humbling ourselves before God. It's laying ourselves down. It's saying, man, God, I, I recognize how needful I am how insufficient I am and how great you are and how worthy you are of everything in my life. So worshiping God in that way keeps us close to him. Uh, Another practical way, something that I remember uh, Sarah Haggerty, she's another author, um, Cher was just amidst her busy day with her kids and you know how life can sometimes get overwhelming. She'd go to the pantry and just put her apron over her head and just start pray crying, <laughs> like just showing God, like I need you, you know, and and surrendering her will and asking for His and um, 
I just mm. got this image and picture for all the moms listening right now or, or wives in the midst of, you know, when, when you and your husband are having a hard moment, you know, just what is surrender? What is worship? What does praise look like in the midst of those moments? Because those moments yeah. happen often in our everyday life. And I think it could be taking a moment in the pantry or going to your knees by your bedside and just saying, God, this is hard, but I'm here and mm-hmm. I love you. You know, the, the words that, uh, I, I would put to this idea of worship is humility, mm-hmm. reverence, and awe. Mm-hmm. So like just a looking up. Yeah. Recognizing <laughs> like, oh, who's on the throne. You, it's not me. It's you. not me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um, couple more notes that I think would be encouraging for us to hear and remember. Um, there's some, we've listed a lot of ways that you guys can, you know, build an intimate relationship with the Lord. And sometimes we as humans, we can get good at deceiving ourselves. And so, yeah, yeah, the note here is to remember that, um, it, when you're evaluating your life, and you say, oh, well, I go to church every weekend or I serve in the ministry or, you know, you're doing all these things that mm-hmm. on the outside would say, like, I'm close to God yeah. or someone else would say, oh, you're so close to God. Like they see yeah. it. Um, but we can just we can deceive ourselves in thinking that we're close to God because of our works. Going through motions. Going through like, the motions. Look, look, I mean, yeah. Saying this, yes. This. Saying yeah. yes to all the opportunity. But really deep down, you're actually struggling because you're not feeling close to God. You're, you're, you're not pursuing him when you're by yourself and alone. You're not Mm -hmm. in his word and you're not praying, you know? And so, uh, when we evaluate ourselves and we take an honest look at our lives, I just want to encourage you guys to kind of strip away all the things that you do, strip away all the relationships you have that make you feel like you're doing all the right things and just look at you and God. So this made me think immediately of marriage and speaking to the guys, I'm sure maybe the wives also do this, but this is probably more notorious for men. Recognizing that just because you are home and gave the hug and said, I love you and doing all the normal day to days things in your marriage Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that you've cultivated closeness and intimacy and getting in your space, the space of your wife. This is something that you desire of me. You were just sharing with me the other day, like, Hey, (laughs) like, I know you love me, but there's something more I need from you. Well, and it was specific to like, you do all the things that I've asked you, you, you did this for me because I asked and you did that for me. Those are nice things. And I want to show you my appreciation. And the thing that I was pointing out was like, is there anything else that maybe you're being thoughtful of toward me? Well, it, it, what you were looking for, I think, is was there is there another level of intentionality of yeah. my love for you? Like, do you know me without me saying something? Do yeah. you know me and my needs? And I think I could be wrong, but is it normal to uh, it, within marriage to have those thoughts and to um, kind of revisit those conversations of intimacy? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think we have to be careful that we don't have unrealistic or unreasonable expectations, mm-hmm. but definitely I think it's a good thing to say, Hey, I'm, I'm feeling a little lonely. I'm feeling a little distant. I'm, I, I would love for us to 
grow in our closeness, um, pursuit of each other. Uh, I feel like I, you know, I, I want more of this Mm -hmm. from you. And I think that's a a healthy thing at times, as long as we have a healthy perspective of it and a loving perspective and not just uh, I'm hurt and therefore I'm going to share these things with you because we should be first fulfilled in Christ. And then out of that, be looking for our spouse to grow and mature in their relationship with God also, which then makes it us more intimate and mature and in our relationship. So I think so. Um, there's one more note that I wanted to make and that it's very simple, (laughs) but it's don't compare your journey with God to someone else's journey. Mm. Um, especially your spouse, because your spouse may be at a different place with God than you are, you know, and I think we can get caught up in comparing ourselves or, or asking ourselves questions like, why does that person, you know, seem to have a different kind of relationship with God than I do? Or, you know, yeah. are are they uh, more favored or well, blessed? And or- going back to what you were just talking about a second ago about, um, uh, it, you can see things on the outside and be like, wow, look, they're so close to God, but you're just comparing s- s- something someone's doing to something that you're doing. Yeah rather than you really knowing God. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to just look at someone's life and say, oh, they must be really close to God. Because I've known people, I've seen this, where they look great on the outside, but they're like deeply struggling yeah. with their relationship with the Lord on the inside. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to hold it all together on the outside, make their, we did this. We were yeah. walking in a way where like, we're doing missions work, we're working for organizations, we're doing all this stuff. So it could have been easy to be like, wow, they've got it all together. And on the inside, we're like yeah. struggling hard with each other, with our relationship with God. With- and the reason that I wanted to bring this up is because that time of our life, like that really severed and separated my relationship with God because I was so caught up in the comparison of others and the struggle of what we were dealing with that I... But also looking at the things you were doing and saying, why don't, why am I not being given what I deserve, right. God, like so, we have this wrong perspective. So it caused me to turn, to turn away from instead of to turn toward. And so I just, yeah, just caution, mm-hmm. be caution. To close out this, the thoughts, this is a longer episode than usual, but, um, like we shared in the beginning of the episode from, um, Exodus, God saved the Israelites to make a people for himself to have a relationship with them directly and intimately. He didn't want to know them from a distance. He wanted them to know him close up. Even so close that he was, his power was on the top of the mountain and they had, like Moses's face was glowing and mm-hmm. like he wanted that relationship. And so I have a few scriptures here that I want to read before we close out. Titus 2, 13 and 14. It says, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. This is God's heart for us, Mm. that in Jesus Christ, he would purify for himself a people for his own possession. So that wraps up today's episode. Uh, We're going to jump into the growth spurt section, which we mentioned earlier. Uh, But this is a new month. We're in the month of May now. And so we're refocusing um, on a new challenge for you guys. Um, And Mm -hmm. it's it's called warm up from winter with a workout. Which we're finally actually getting some warmth. I know. It's fun to do things outside. (laughs) Um, So you could do this. uh, Our encouragement would be to do it alongside your spouse. Do it together. Uh, You could go for a walk, a run. You can lift some weights. Go to the gym. Or you could go to a gym, yeah. You You can can, go to a new gym. You can try out uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I guess. (laughs) 
or kickboxing bike ride. Uh, but just the idea is just get out and move your body and it, however you can. Cause we know that maybe this try and do something you know, new, different try and abilities, do something you, you know. haven't done before. If you can pickleball is a fun one. I love pickleball. You've been wanting to do pickleball real bad. Love it. So we love you all. And uh, we always end it with a prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for providing us a way for us to have a real relationship with you, an intimate and close relationship. Thank you for tearing the veil and giving us a mediator so that we can stand in your presence. We pray we would worship you and honor you all the days of our lives. We pray we would share our hearts with you and pray often. Lord, help us establish a solid habit of prayer. Please help us pray with each other more regularly. We pray our marriage honors you. Please continue to draw us closer to you and help us to engage with you in deep ways. In Jesus' name, amen. to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today.